0: Out of their fathers who had brought them out of the land of Egypt, and they followed other gods from among the gods of the people who were all around them, and they bowed down to provoke them to them, and they provoked the, ang- the Lord to anger. They forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth, and the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. So he delivered them into the hands of the plunderers who spoiled them. And he sold them into the hands of all their enemies all around, so they could not longer stand before their enemies. Wherever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for calamity. As the Lord had said, and as the Lord had sworn to them, and they were greatly distressed. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges who delivered them out of the hand of those who plundered them. Yet they would not listen to their judges... But they played the harlot with other gods and bowed down to them. They turned quickly away from, quickly from the way in which their fathers walked in obeying the commandments of the Lord. And when the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge and delivered them out of the hand of the enemies for all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of those who oppressed them and harassed them. And it came to pass, when the judge was dead, they reverted and behaved more corruptly than their fathers by following other gods that served them and bowed down to them. They did not cease from their own doings, nor from their stubborn ways. You know, this is actually revealing to us human nature. As I was talking about earlier, how that we naturally don't appreciate the things of God what God does for us. And you can see that in the way the Israelites, in the time of the judges, they disregarded God and they did their own thing. And then when they started to suffer, when God brought discipline, allowed bad things to happen to them, after suffering for a long enough time, they finally got down on their knees and cried out for God's deliverance. And God would deliver them. But after a while, they would forget. And what would happen? Back in the back into the tank again. Suffering again. God's discipline again. And around and around and around it would go. Because they would forget the benefits of God. All that God has done for them. They forgot it. We go to um, chapter 4. In verse 1, Ehud is another judge. When Ehud was dead, the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. And the commander of the army was Sisera, who dwelt in Arishkegoim, And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. For Jabin had 900 chariots of iron and for 20 years Had harshly oppressed the children of Israel, so God raised up a deliverer, and they were delivered. We go to chapter six of Judges. The end of chapter six, at the end of chapter five, the last thing it says at the end of chapter five. So the land had rest for forty years. Chapter 6, verse 1. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. Because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves dens, caves, and strongholds which were in the mountains. So it was, whenever Israel had sown, the Midianites would come up Also the Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. And they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth, as far as Gaza, and leave no sustenance, no food for Israel, neither sheep, ox, or donkey. And they would come up with their cattle and their tents, coming in like locusts. And And they and their camels were without number. They would enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished. Because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. And it came to pass, when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel, who said, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt, brought you out of the house of bondage, delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of all who oppressed you, and drove them out before you, and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But you have not obeyed my voice. God's great deliverance through the judges. And God kept on helping them and delivering them. He says, I delivered you out of the house of bondage. I delivered you time and again, gave you this great land, put you in a great place, delivered you from the house of bondage out of all those who oppressed you. You know, that's what God has done for us. He delivered us from our enemies, as we were talking about in the communion meditation, delivering us from the oppression of Satan, delivering us from darkness from the bondage to be bound to sin. The Bible says we've been freed from sin through Christ. We have so much to be thankful for. And yet we can be like the Israelites, just going back and forth and and being rebellious against God or being unthankful and unappreciative, and it leads us down a road of lukewarmness or a road of out-and-out rebellion or a road of... Just being lethargic as a Christian. Not appreciating, like these people, not appreciating everything that God has done. The greatness of God and the greatness of his mercy towards us. He caught us out of darkness. We should be rejoicing in that. We should be thankful for that. We should be thankful for the food on our table. For the roof over our heads. For all the luxury and everything that God has given us. Even if we don't even if we're not in the even in the middle or upper class, we have a lot more than a lot of people have. But for everything that He's given us, we should be thankful. And of course, the angel of the Lord goes before Gideon, and Gideon says, "Am oh my Lord if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his miracles? Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. And people are saying that today. Where are all the miracles of the of the early church? Where are all the miracles that the apostles did? Where, and they're crying out and there are all these minister, miracle ministries that are trying to produce miracles and everything else why what happened in the miracles of that where were the miracles in the times of gideon the people of god were in rebellion the people of god were not appreciative. they were not thankful they were not holy From there, we're going to go to Psalm 106. By the way, we're going to be tested on all this today, the trivia questions, he's listening. Psalm 106, I'm not going to read all of it, just a few excerpts from it. Psalm 106, beginning in verse 7. Our fathers in Egypt did not understand your wonders. They did not remember the multitudes of your mercies, but rebelled by the sea, the Red Sea. Nevertheless, he saved them for his namesake, that he might make his mighty power known. He rebuked the Red Sea also and dried it up. And he led them through the depths as through the wilderness. He saved them from the hand of him who hated them and delivered them from the hand of the enemy. The waters covered the earth, uh, covered their enemies. There was not one of them left. Then they believed his words. They sang his praise. They soon forgot his works. Mm. They did not wait for his counsel but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tested God in the desert. The next verse talks about how he gave leanness, emptiness to their soul because of that. They forgot all that God had done for them. Yeah. Says, he saved them from the hand of him who hated them. Redeem them from the hand of the enemy. And that's what God has done for us. But are we forgetting His wonderful mercy and all that He's done for us? Because it, it affects the way we live. We can tell if we're forgetting it by, by the way we live. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 it says, In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, concerning me. That's God's will for us to give thanks in everything. You mean I should be giving thanks when there's things are not going right? When I'm in the middle of a big challenge or a catastrophe? Yes, in everything give thanks. Remember what God has done for us in the past. Remember God's faithfulness in his word. Remember his faithfulness to us. And give thanks. Give thanks for all God has done to us, for us to this point. We can say, "Well, I'm not a, you don't know what I'm going through now." And everything, give thanks. This is the will of God if you're in Christ Jesus. Leanness in the soul. Verse 19, they made a calf in Horeb, that's Mount Sinai, and worshiped the molded image. Thus they changed their glory into an image of an ox that eats grass. They forgot God their Savior, who had done great things in Egypt. Wondrous works in the land of Ham, awesome things by the Red Sea. Jesus said that people would hear the word, but the word would be choked out by the deceitfulness of riches, the cares of this world, and the desire, the lust for many things. Idols. The Bible says, Beware of covetousness, which is idolatry. Idols. The weeds of this life choke out the word, just like this. Verse forty three. Many times he delivered them, but they rebelled in their counsel and were brought low for their iniquity. Nevertheless, he regarded their affliction when he heard their cry, and for their sake he remembered his covenant and relented according to the multitude of his mercies. He also pitied them, he also made them to be pitied by all those who carried them away captive. God showed mercy. He says he helped them. He delivered them many times, but they kept on just doing it. And yet God's mercy endures forever. And from there, I'm going to go to Psalm 103. Verse 1 Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your sin in your sins, your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youthfulness is renewed like an eagle. Don't forget all he's done for you is what it's saying here. He's forgiven our sins through Christ. He's healed our diseases. How many sicknesses has he healed that we prayed for? Redeeming our life from the devil and from destruction. Delivering us from hellfire. Crowning us with loving kindness and tender mercy. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. You know, we should give thanks when we when we, if we believe these things, we should be give we should be thankful. We should have a heart, a rejoicing heart. And get out of that lukewarm place that we fall into, that place of numbness, of callousness, of unthankfulness, of being bound with present circumstances, we should lift, allow, we should lift ourselves up in, in rejoicing and thanksgiving. Verse 8, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. Verse 10, he has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, So far has he removed our sins from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame and he remembers that we are dust. Great is his mercy towards those who fear him, to those who honor him, to those who respect him, to those who appreciate him. Forget not all of his benefits. Today is a day of appreciation and every day is a day of thanksgiving. In this country, a couple hundred years ago, founders of this country declared that the fourth Thursday in November should be a day of thanksgiving for the whole nation, a day of, to give thanks to God. And that's great and fine, but every day should be a day of thanksgiving being thankful. Verse 17, But the mercy of God is from everlasting to everlasting. It's forever. On those who fear him and his righteousness to his children's children. That means his grandchildren. To such as keep his covenant and to those who remember his commandments to do them. Such great blessing for those who are in a covenant with the Lord through Jesus Christ. It's such a great blessing. We don't have to fear our present circumstances, but to look to the mercy and the grace of God, the greatness of God and the goodness of God. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good, it says in Psalms, and his mercy endures forever. God is good. He pities, as a father pities his children. He he pities those who fear him. God did not, I did not deserve to have my sins forgiven. Neither did you, neither did anybody. I didn't deserve to be pulled out of the dungeon. It was God's mercy and his grace. Jesus says, those who come to me, I will in no way cast out. No way. Come to Him on His terms. In order to come to Him, we have to come to Him on His terms. Not on His terms. From here, we go to Second uh, Timothy chapter three. A couple more scriptures before we finish. Beginning in verse one. Know this, that in the last times, in the last days, perilous times will come. Perilous means dangerous times. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to their parents, unthankful, unholy, Unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, pleasures, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. It's an evil time we live in. And there's a lot of ungratefulness. The word ungrateful is in the middle of that. And it's not just in the world, it's in the church too. All these things that I talk about, they're not just in the world, they're in the church. You got this stuff happening in churches. There's lovers of money in the church, proud boasters, (laughs) blasphemers in the church. Unthankful, unholy, ungrateful, unloving, unforgiving, without self control, so on. Unthankfulness is the world we live in today. God has done so much for us. And yet the world is turning a blind eye towards it and not appreciating, not giving glory to God, not being thankful for all God has done. To sit down before a meal, Many people never even think to give thanks to the one who who made it all happen. You know the song that we sing, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. That's from Psalm 100. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter these, the, these, the, his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. It's the next part. Dude. I will say this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice mm-hmm. and be glad in it. Thank you. He has made me glad. Mm. We sing that song too. He has made me glad. And the fact is, is that most people in the world and much of Christendom doesn't live this way. Are we live in that way. Are we being are we entering before the Lord with thanksgiving? The Bible says that we should, instead of being anxious, it says that we should let our prayers and requests be made known to God with thanksgiving. Be, being thankful as we come to him in prayer. So why should we be thankful? Because he hasn't answered our prayers yet about what we're praying. We should be thankful for all he's done for us already. We should be thankful if we have faith because we believe that he's going to answer us. He's given us this privilege To come before his throne of grace and mercy. To receive help and mercy for our time of need. Entering his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. A rejoicing heart. Colossians 4.2 says, Continue earnestly in prayer with thanksgiving. Pretty much saying the same thing. Prayer with thanksgiving. Read a few more. Colossians 3:15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were also called in one body. And be thankful. Ephesians 5, a couple to the left. Ephesians 5, two books back to the left. Ephesians 5. beginning in verse 15. See then that you walk carefully, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, or making the most of your time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be filled or drunk with wine, which is excessive, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's all over the place, isn't it? Old Testament, New Testament. And the reason why it's all over is because it's trying to make a point. That we can't walk according to our natural instincts of being Unthankful and ungrateful. God has called us to be be thankful. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning each of us who are in Christ. To be thankful and grateful. And thankful and grateful is the opposite of grumbling. In our circumstances. It's the opposite of complaining in our circumstances. It's a, the it's a opposite of being down and out because of our circumstances. We're rejoicing in our circumstances. In our trials. Because of a great God who we know has delivered us out of darkness. And into the kingdom of his Son. Who's answered so many prayers. Who loves us. We know a God who loves us. He's a good God. Rejoice today. Rejoice every day and give thanks. Give thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stop being a complainer. Stop being a grumbler. Stop complaining about different things that are going on in our lives. Stop grumbling against each other and against God. Many people grumble against God. They don't even realize it. Because God is allowing circumstances in our life. And they grumble about those circumstances. Grumble, grumble, grumble. It's the opposite of thankfulness and gratefulness to God. Finally, Hebrews chapter 13, Hebrews 13 and verse 15, therefore by him, Let us continue to offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. The sacrifice of praise. You remember we've seen the song, we bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. This is where it comes from, this one place it comes from. The sacrifice of praise. In the Old Testament, we think of sacrifices; we think of the animals that they offered up. But now, Jesus once for all gave the once for all sacri- sac- <laughs> the sac- through the sacrifice of Himself. It was a permanent sacrifice. There's no no longer need for a blood sacrifice. So we don't offer those sacrifices anymore. But it says, offer the sacrifice of praise to God, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. It's a sacrifice to take the time to offer up thanks to God, to worship him, to be thankful. And so, how do we look at the glass? Is it half full or half empty? If we're thankful, we see it half full. If we're ungrateful and we're a grumbler, we see it half empty. We see only the negativity, not the positivity. But there's a reason why the gospel is called the good news. gospel means good news. Because for those who believe, It's a positive message. To those who have faith, to those who fear God, who believe this this gospel message is good news, it's all positive. It's a positive message. And a positive message, if it's believed, gives us a positive outlook. And a positive outlook is an outlook that gives thanks to God. It's all connected. So today, we may be burdened with our circumstances. And that's okay. Our circumstances might not change. But the burden of the circumstances can be lifted off from us and be cast on the Lord. If we believe him. We give we can give thanks to him. We believe that. We believe that he's gonna help us and we can be thankful. That's what I have today. You brothers wanna comment on that. Anything else? To